Have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 37 today. We're going to take a look at a few verses there and meditate on them. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you know every care that we have on our shoulders right now. Um, and Lord, it can be overwhelming because we really care about people who are hurting. We really care about people in their suffering. We really care about people who are lost. We really care about people in their addictions and struggles. And there's so much stress and so much anger. And, uh, and the world is such a dark place. Lord, we cast all of our anxieties on you, thanking that you care for us. And help us to help others. Through Christ we pray. Amen. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, anxiety is now the most common mental health issue. According to the American Psychological Association, the top 10 stressors of our modern generation are money, health issues, work, family, personal safety, relationships, housing costs, job stability, the economy, and discrimination. Now, that was a survey done in, 19, in 2019. I wonder what it would say today in the midst of this economy where everything is so much more expensive, and it's even expensive just to put food on the table. Well, with that in mind, I think David's words in Psalm 37 could not be more refreshing. David writes, do not fret because of evildoers. Do not be envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Don't be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger. Give up on your rage. Don't be agitated. It can only bring harm. Well, I would just simply like to walk through those verses devotionally, kind of verse by verse, allowing them to wash over our souls and make us clean, give us some refreshment today. Now, the first thing I hear David saying is, don't get all tied in knots because the news is filled with people doing evil and getting away with it. Verse 1, do not fret because of evildoers. Jesus said it in the New Testament. He says, don't worry about anything, essentially, he said. Now, what triggers you to fret? What evildoers are triggering you to fret? Is there anything you can do to eliminate that frustration so you won't be so tempted to fret? You say, yeah, I could quit going to work. Well, we got to keep going to work, don't we? So that's maybe not an option. But there are some things that we can do. For, for instance, I, I, have, 
I purposefully watch less news anymore. I used to really enjoy, I don't know if enjoy is the right word to use, but I used to watch the news a lot, and now I can take it in itty-bitty chunks. It doesn't matter what channel you turn on, everybody is raging. Everybody is angry. They're also repeating themselves a thousand times, and so if you hear it for five minutes, you've heard everything that's going to be said for the next you know five hours. But by watching the news, um, you know, it, uh, um, <laughs> you know what's going to happen if you eat onions? You're going to get bad breath. I ate onions the other day, and I was just really self and some salsa, and I was really self-conscious afterward and regretting it. I was like, ah, why did I eat the onions? That's what it is to watch some news to, uh, sometimes for me. It's kind of like, Brett, you don't want to fret? Quit eating the onions. Quit watching the news. That's going to give you bad breath. It's onion breath, fretting breath. Philippians 6, 4 says, don't worry about tomorrow, but pray. And so quit watching the news or watch less of the news. And when you do fret, may that be a trigger for prayer because God has this. Next, Paul, David says, and don't envy those who do wrong because they don't last. Verse 1, and uh, second part says, don't be envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herbs. Um, when you see people cheat in business and win, when you see people use their power to do wrong and they seem to get away with it, when you see godless judges making unjust decisions, it is easy to be envious. But David reminds us that those victories are Pyrrhic victories. They don't last. Ultimately, they lead to defeat. It's kind of like those popular kids in high school who did things that were illegal and self-destructive. And they got really popular for it because they were the cool kids that they were doing the illegal stuff. But by the, you know, 10 years later, um, you know, it was, the, it was, it was the, the good kids who were doing pretty well with family and job. And it was those, those wild kids that uh, they were struggling with addictions and other problems. Don't envy wrongdoers. They quickly wither like the grass. In fact, later on in verse 10, David paints reality. He says, in fact, in a little while, the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, he'll not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. The wicked person schemes against the righteousness, the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. The Lord laughs at him because he sees that his day is coming. So don't envy those who commit sin and seem to get away with it. Because the reality is, sin is always destructive. Nobody gets, ever gets away with sin. Sin costs. Sin leads to death. So don't envy those who are walking a path that eventually leads to death just because they haven't experienced death in its full force yet. In fact, don't envy them, pity them. We have to share Christ with them. On the positive side, David goes on to say, trust in the Lord and do good. I love that simplicity. You ever overthink things? I've been accused of being an overthinker sometimes. 
Um, overthinking, though, I think is also one of the reasons that we fret. We fret because we see so many different options, so many things that are unclear, so many things that could happen. What if, what if, what if, what if? I love how this simplifies our decision-making process. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Take a look at the facts and don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in the future. Don't trust in pragmatism. You know, don't trust that you can make things work out if you just manipulate them the right way. Don't trust that, th that things will always go the way that you want. They may not go the way that you want. That's false hope. Don't trust in your ability to control the future. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then trust in the Lord more. In other words, trust in the Lord means clarify your priorities. What are the Lord's priorities? What are the Lord's goals? What are the Lord's values? What does the Lord say is moral? You trust in him by, by obeying him and doing what is the next right thing. You trust in the Lord, and what do you do? You just do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. And then whatever happens in the interim, in that preparation season, in the season between, in that gap season between the action and the reward, trust in the Lord. Verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I love that one. It's easy to misinterpret that one. I know there was a time when I was thinking, you know, trust, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And it's kind of like, okay, if you delight, if I delight myself in the Lord, and I want to win the lottery, I'm going to win the lottery. If I delight myself in the Lord, you know, you're a kid. If I delight myself in the Lord, then he's going to give me the prettiest girl on earth and 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 she's gonna you know it's gonna be the w most wonderful fairy tale uh, marriage ever if i trust in the, if i delight in the lord he's gonna make me a professional baseball star and i'll it'll never rain on my baseball games if i trust in the if i delight in the lord he'll make all the lights green that's not what it means when he's saying delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think what he's saying is if you make the Lord your delight, if your heart is filled with delighting in the Lord, he will not disappoint you. He will bring you delight. He will give you himself, which is the desire of your heart. If we can just learn to delight in God and his goodness and his presence, his daily blessings, his hope, his purpose, his people, then our hearts will never be short on reasons to delight. So don't make happiness your pursuit. Don't make happiness your pursuit for your kids. I would say as an aside, I heard recently, according to studies, there are two things that most parents want for their kids. They want their kids to be happy and they want their kids to fit in. And as long as what you want is for your kids to be happy and to fit in, they're not going to become followers of Jesus because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Jesus said, in this world you will have trials. Rejoice when you go through trials and uh, pick up your cross and follow him. And, and he also said, in this world, uh, you'll be rejected. Blessed are you and you're persecuted because of me. 
So if we make our delight in the law, if our, we make our delight in the Lord, then he will delight us because he will fulfill our hearts. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's a great verse for us to write down every day and pray, isn't it? Commit your way to the Lord. It's a verse that my grandmother had on her. Well, commit your way to Lord, I commit my way to you. I commit today to you. Lord, when I come to the end of today, I want to be able to look back and say, I walked your way. And then you trust that he will do it. And verse 5 says, and he will do it. He will lead you. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light. In the words of the Apostle Paul, I'm crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the one who died and gave his life for me. When we trust everything to him, then we trust that he's going to lead us down the right paths. We make it our goal to fully surrender every moment in obedience to him, every thought, every action. The path may be difficult, but it will be right. It may not be financially successful or it may not bring immediate career success. The path may land us in hot water. We may end up being like Isaiah or Jeremiah who were executed for being prophets of God. We might be like those New Testament Christians who were tortured and killed for their faith. The path that he takes us on may be a difficult path, but it will always be a right path. And he will vindicate us. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, David says. Finally, by the way, are you, are you tired of trying to prove that you're right? Are you, are you tired of always trying to defend yourself for being on the right path. What about just focusing on following Jesus down his path and letting him vindicate you? Finally, the psalm ends, at least we're going to end where the psalm began, verse 7. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way, but the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from evil and bring and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. I laugh because it's like, yeah, how many times am I going to get agitated and it brings harm before I remember? Before I learn, uh, man's anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. David says, control your anger. Don't respond to evil with evil. Don't respond to anger with anger. We live in such angry times. People are seething all around us and you know, one person drives like an idiot and it just brings out the, the internal idiot of all of us, right? Not my wife. She doesn't give in to, to that anger, but some of us. You know, but without God, people don't have a Heavenly Father they can trust. Without God, people have to get angry because they feel out of control in a world that's out of their control. But if Jesus is your Lord, we can rest in him 
and keep perspective, restrain our anger, keep our heads about us when all, keep our heads when all about us are losing theirs. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, don't be agitated, refrain from anger, give up your rage. Have to shut down some television shows if, if people took that one seriously. Don't be agitated. It can bring only harm. Second Timothy 1 7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I was thinking about today with Psalm 37. God wants to give us a sound mind. A fretful mind is not a sound mind. A fretful mind is filled with anxiety and torn thinking. You know, it's really hard for me to love when I, my mind is filled with anxiety and fretting and the cares of the day. So what keeps your mind from being sound? What frets are hindering your peace? Turn it over to the Lord again. Our fretting, our anxiety does not accomplish the love of God. So do not fret, but trust in the Lord and do good. Wait for him. Rest in him. Lord, wash us in your words today that we might be light in this dark world that we might walk in peace, that we might not fret about all the cares and anxieties that so natural for us to carry. Help us to trust in you, not to overthink, but to trust in you, to prioritize your priorities, to obey you, and to do good, and to trust you for the results. God, make us a blessing to others and help us to share this message for people all around us who don't know you yet. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I would remind us again, the message that we talk, these devotions are not primarily for us, are they? God would have us to take them as fresh bread to share with others who are starving for him. So is there somebody you know who's a beggar without Christ that you need to share a message of hope don't fret. Find peace in the Lord. I hope you do that today.